Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. To Rotorua now, where the race is on to save Nahiri, or forest, from a creeping fungal disease. Leah Tebbett caught up with some of those working on the Myrtle Rust Project, starting with Daryl Heron of the Crown Research Institute, Scion. So today we find ourselves on a beautiful day, actually. It's actually quite sunny today uh, in the Scion Nursery. Uh, We're here in a a research nursery standing outside one of our new growth tunnels. Uh, This is quite a sophisticated piece of equipment, really. Uh, It's fully automated. Uh, It's been set up to help monitor temperature, humidity, sunlight, intensity, wind speed. And these growth houses uh, help regulate that. And what is so special inside this nursery that, that we're wanting to restore and protect? In this project, we're looking at conserving some of our Tonga species, and that includes here uh, Rahutu and Rama Rama. We've collected a number of cuttings uh, from the forest with our uh, Rotu ET15 partners. From the mother trees, we've brought those cuttings here to Science Nursery. They're housed here. We're basically coaching them through, trying to get them to a a larger size where we'll be able to do further work in terms of our conservation and the breeding aspect. So what was the reason behind doing all of this and why are those trees the ones that you're focusing on? This project is about conserving uh, Tonga species that I mentioned and that's protecting them against a disease, fungal disease which came into New Zealand in 2017, uh, myrtle rust. Myrtle rust uh, threatens the the health of many myrtle species here in New Zealand. Some of the most impacted species are Rahutu and Ramarama. We've got small populations of these individuals in the area, um, which makes them very difficult to manage because there's not many of them to protect. Uh, So what we do have here and why we're using a conservation strategy and and a propagation strategy like this is to create more individuals and part of the project will be looking at identifying some resistance or, or actually tolerance to myrtle rust. Individuals that have no symptoms or very little symptoms will be those individuals that we carry on through the breeding program. It's almost like to... you've just got an ecosystem, eh? Like, yes. out of the ground. And <laughs> so what we end up trialling with this cutting, um, or these cutting trials, these conservation trials, Uh, was trying to come up with different ways we could actually collect cutting material. And the one that I'm showing you right here, where you've just basically got this ecosystem growing, is what um, Tirata Fakamaru, our Titira team, had actually um, observed in the field. And that was this natural layering process where the tree, you'd have a stem that would just collapse down into the forest, um, get covered up by, you know, all of the other detritus that's there, and they would start to shoot. And we, we... started to see trees growing out and we actually thought that they were different individuals but they actually belong to the same mother tree so in this case yeah we've actually taken the same thing we've taken branches that we've um, collected laying them down here in the dirt covered them up and then just just seeing what happens and you can actually see like little leaves starting to come out those are all of the little lofomotors starting to shoot through the come come through from the actual branches yeah so those weren't actual cuttings we took from the trees it's actually just the the, branch 
that was um, collected from the forest. Yeah. That was the misting that, that you were talking about. Yes. Keeping them all moist. Yeah, so it keeps the humidity high, uh, keeps the plants cool, um, and makes sure that there's constant moisture so they don't dry out. And you see it's very short. And how does the myrtle rust affect the tree species, I guess, on a, mm. on a broad scale? So this disease is quite savage in a way because it attacks a lot of the new growth, the new flush. Um, and with the new flush is also flowers and fruits. So it goes after those reproductive structures. Uh, so that can hamper uh, new development. So seeds actually ending up in the ground. Uh, if you don't have fruits uh, that can make the whole way through, uh, you lose that seed, so you won't have young individual uh, young trees coming through, and the new growth that comes helps the trees grow bigger. And if they die every year, the trees start to stunt, and eventually they actually uh, succumb to the infection. So they produce all that energy to grow new new tips, and and it just keeps dying back, dying back, and the trees give up, and then they eventually die. I would too, I think, after <laughs> wasting all my energy on that. Trying to do that, you? exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but in the same vein, have you noticed already within that sort of time frame where you've been analysing it, the impact that myrtle rust has had on those species? Yes. Every year we've started to see more and more trees get affected by myrtle rust. Um, some trees have died as well. And also the levels of the lakes that the forests surround. The water table in the lake is sort of drowning some of those trees too, so you're not able to find the new saplings as you normally would. Lake Rotoma, the lake level is incredibly high. A lot of our transects and where these trees uh, reside are actually pretty close to the lake edge. And since the levels have gone quite up we actually cut off from those transects so we haven't been able to monitor them those trees surprisingly are still alive but yes it will affect exactly like you say the where seedlings are going to end up any seed that falls into water is not going to germinate so that has impacted those populations quite drastically it's almost critical that you're doing something with the myrtle rust and the water table sort of ruining the opportunity for new seedlings to grow this is the perfect timing really to conserve those populations because if they are either killed by the the water or or myrtle rust if we find any kind of tolerance here in these greenhouses uh, we can reintroduce them back into the nahiri as Daryl mentioned, this program is working in partnership with local iwi-based trust Rotswiti 15. While Sion is working scientifically, all of the cuttings in the nursery have been collected by those under Rotswiti 15. And as it turns out, this project has enabled the growth of more than just trees. My name is Kawana Warahi. I'm a manukura, uh, which is a supervisor I supervise a team of, we call them Ho Middle Middle, so we have Māori names. Manukura is the leader of a flock. Ho Middle Middle are the sharp eyed tomtit. They're our, our team who go out there to help monitor the trees out there. So they're our sharp eyes, <laughs> and, and we're the flock leaders. When it was first introduced to us by our, our manager of Rotati 15, we talked about. Um, there were lots of things really. One was about tile and two about people. So when she came to talk to me, it was about an opportunity to, one, help some of our younger iwi members develop in an area of tile, which is um, science. Mm. We've got a team of mostly younger, in their 20s, mostly young men, young males. 
And so I thought, well, great opportunity, one, for me to, I guess, work in a different field that I was, two, to work with some of our young people from home, and three, to learn about our taiao and science. It was a win for me, win for the iwi, and gave me those opportunities to be around the right people and also to, to I guess, share that information with some of our young um, Māori males out there, you know, who just need a little bit of guidance and um, role modelling, and we do our best, you know, um, we know no one's perfect, but we do our best and um, definitely try to help them, I guess, too, to, to think about their futures, where they want to go from this, because we all know that the project ends in a year, I guess the big question for for all the other hall medal medal is what what do they want to do? What what else do they want to get out of this? I mean, you can you know you can guide, yeah. But they still have to meet you halfway, so it's it's about empowering them as well to make decisions for themselves. I love that. Yeah. Like not only is it giving almost opportunity for the viability of these tree species, but the opportunity for those that care for them as well and yeah. and seek you know reward from them. Exactly, and it's just really funny because when I actually think about the job, to me the job is about people and not just the people we work with but mana whenua because the land we work on is, is a connection to our iwi. You know, so it's, it's, it's wonderful to look after our trees and it's wonderful to do everything in our nahiri but it, it's bigger than that mm. and the people are, are the land and we are one. So it's really important that when we nurture the trees we also nurture our rangatahi um, that are working in the trees so that they build that passion and that passion will go home to their tamariki, their children and hopefully they, they'll share that passion when they go into the forest and, mm. and it's all about looking after our environment and bigger picture, not just our nahiri, our whole environment mm. you know, making our whole environment better for all of us I'm thinking about how you're talking about the people are the land but also how the land is helping the people by just being in and amongst it, right? Yes. You must have seen a noticeable change in those that you're working with by being out in the oh, forest. Definitely, just the passion for our, our nahiri and I guess, um, yeah, I, I can't separate them but when I see our young ones in the in the bush and they a year ago they were walking around not really paying attention to now I'm working at the back and they'll say hey Matua see that tree that tree is a you see this leaf Matua you know I know this leaf is this leaf do you know why that tree's not growing you know do you know hey did you even notice that these these trees are layered which is how we started developing the layered technique in there it was come comes from our lots of our young ones who have observed those you know and, and so I'm watching them develop and yeah. it must be incredible though to like obviously the work that you're doing and the observations you're making are critical but to then really see how critical it is and to see the the success of of your observations in a nursery setting it must be so empowering for everyone right yeah no it is it's amazing but I guess for me I've got to go back to I'm more amazed at the development of my young ones I love the trees and I love what we do but I love seeing them how they grow in that space with those trees you know and and they take it personally they'll come back oh one of our trees have died you know it's not growing I don't know why and instead of just leaving it at that they'll go and they'll get out a book and I'll try and figure out why it didn't work and then they'll come back down here and they'll try a different strategy you know to me that's that's great you know that that sort of brings the tear to my eye because that's Oh, you wouldn't have seen that a year ago. You know, it's a whole different shift in their attitude and their mindset. It's now, what's happening to our trees? Why is, didn't that work? Why is that one working? And so they're asking those critical questions. And then they've got the skills now to ask somebody. You know, they know 
all the expertise they can go and ask but they also know how to research now so they know which books to go to and and what questions to ask and what questions mm. to answer and then they can transfer that back into the nursery to you know it's amazing I also spoke to John Cunningham, another team leader, or manukura, as Kawana explained, about the importance of this project from a te ao Māori perspective. I, I believe as a, as a people we have to get back in, uh, into the nahere and, and learn about, because all these trees and that we, we, we see every day have Māori names. They have tikanga behind it. What our, how our ancestors used these plants in the medicinal purposes, this is something that we, we um, need, need to get back to as a people. I always maintain that the wānana, uh, the forest is our first wānana. Hey, you out there listening to the birds, giving the names to birds and, and our trees and our rivers and lakes. So this is something that we as a as New Zealanders have to uphold the health and well-being of our nature and our taiao uh, for ourselves today, most most definitely, but for future, for everyone's future, not, not just Māori. The greatest thing about this job is uh, going out there and uh, making our friends and family aware of where we live and, and, and the beauty of our, our, our nahere and our whenua. John Cunningham. And you also heard from Kawana Warahi and Sion's Daryl Heron. The project is focused at the Bay of Plenty at the moment, but it's hoped its findings will be used around the country. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.